This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Welcome back to the Saturday Night Live After Show. We're going to be breaking down the season premiere. We're back for season 45. Host Woody Harrelson, musical guest Billie Eilish. We have been waiting for this all summer. Stay tuned. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz. What's up, everyone? Welcome back, and thank you for sticking with us. We're laughing because A, SNL's back, B, we're reunited, and C, we had some technical difficulties, but we are back! We are here! We will overcome, we will persist! We are here. Thank you guys for tuning in. As Steph mentioned, we are so excited to be back after the summer. It was a long summer without these guys. I'm Amy Maestri. Um, I'm going to be running this panel alongside... Hey, guys. I'm Steph Sabra. Sorry, I am just really laughing. I'm having a great time right now. But Amy Maestri's not gassing herself up enough. She's our AfterBuzz um, comedian correspondent, our one and only. She writes sketch comedy, she performs, she's an all-around queen. Now, to me, I'm Steph Sabra, I am not a comedian, I'm a co- comedy connoisseur, SNL super fan. Let's go! <laughs> and don't let Steph fool you, she is she is a comedian. Listen, listen to her. <laughs> listen to her right there. And also, resident badass bitch, That's as we true. like to call That's her true. as well. So, That's true. Spot on. Me and RBG have that in common. <laughs> um, so, tonight, we are going to be breaking down, sketch by sketch, this whole episode with Woody Harrelson, Billy Eilish. So, we're going to go through each one. We also have a really special segment that we did last season, super fun, where we break down the anatomy of a sketch. We have a bunch of cameos to talk about. We're going to hit up some news and gossip. And also, special segment with it being the premiere, we're also going to pick our top three political impressions. Ooh. Ooh, Top one! (laughs) I mean, it's too hard to pick, but we tried. We tried our best. Um, I know that we're probably going to get a lot of people yelling at us no matter what three we choose. (laughs) And rightfully so. Rightfully so. So it'll be interesting to hear yours as well. We'd love to hear them um, in the comments once we we get there, too. So start thinking about it. Homework, guys, already. Back from the summer. (laughs) Sorry, I know. Teacher Amy here. Tough but fair. (laughs) Steph, what were your overall thoughts on this episode? And also, what are you a Woody Harrelson fan? I am a Woody Harrelson fan. The one word that comes to mind with the premiere is underwhelmed. 
I was so excited about this about season forty five. It's a big deal. I mean, to have this sh- iconic show running for this many seasons is crazy, and it's always it's always fun. I'm always gonna find great moments in each episode. I just think that they haven't picked up their pace in a few years, and and maybe it's. I think they're just out of touch a little bit. Because mm. we were even saying there wasn't a lot of marketing that the premiere was coming. I don't know if I missed it. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. But I also think that there was too many political sketches. But there was good moments. And I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, totally agree. You nailed it with the political sketches. I feel like I wish that they had done. I know that they did this. Was it last summer or the summer before where they did weekend update segments throughout the summer? Where it was like a half hour episode. I think it was the summer before. I really wish they had done that because, yeah, I felt like they were just like holding in all this political stuff for the past few months and then just like blurted it all out in this episode. But you could tell because I feel like the sketches that weren't political felt like like they didn't get as much attention. Yeah. It was like they just kind of tossed those last minute out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same big fan of Woody. It was it was hit or miss for me. It was hit or miss for me. So, um, and before we get into the actual uh, breakdown of the sketches and everything, let's talk a little bit. It's the season premiere. Um, we had some cast changes over the summer. Uh, so I know Steph has a little bit that we were going to get into later in news and gossip, but we can't wait. Yeah, we can't wait. Good. We're getting straight into it. So I'm. Mo- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline most excited about as an Asian American woman. We have our in 45 years our first Asian American cast member, Bowen Yang. He was a staff writer. He originally appeared in a sketch last March with Sandra Oh. And 45 years later, we have an Asian American cast member. Thank (sighs) God. And he made quite a splash, I will say, for his first episode. He really did. I remember being so excited when I saw his name pop up. He's done so much good work. And like you said, he's been on the the writing staff. I want to actually, I was interested, I wanted to look into more about how that came to be mm-hmm. if he originally auditioned and he started writing for the first year or if yeah. he started you know in more of a writer role and wanted to eventually um, become a cast member member but man Bowen Yang I'm a fan all in for Bowen Yang I'm a fan he is adorable he's funny he brings a different voice to the cast completely mm-hmm. and when as soon as he got on the screen it was a nice change of pace off the bat a hundred percent and I gotta say too, um, his his new counterpart, Chloe Feynman, also killer first episode. I really like her. I'm really excited to see what the two of them do. I think that they have a different style already than the rest of the cast members. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see uh, how it plays out. Yeah. Another great news, celebratory news. Our girl Heidi Gardner and our boy Chris Red have been promoted to regular cast. Yes. We do have some bad news. Well, not bad news, but someone was demoted, Shane Gillis, after one day of being an SNL cast member. Bye. Bye. Bye, <laughs> Miss American Pie. <laughs> 
Basically, before the season started, Lauren realized that there is some trash on the curb. And he was like, you know what? This is a new season. We we can't have this. The irony of his... I think it was his podcast where he went in on uh, Asian people and it being the first time in 45 years that we have an Asian American cast member is just... I mean, you can't write this stuff. That's comedy. <laughs> I actually kind of wanted them to hit on that, but I guess I, I get why they didn't. But yeah, I kind of figured they wouldn't, but same. I wish they had. And it's just, let let me also be clear that like, just being hateful isn't an excuse. You can't use jokes or comedy as an excuse to just be an asshole. <laughs> If you're writing jokes that have an edgy point of view or have uh, some sort of risque element to them, then that's something. But if you just, you know, say like a racist thing and then end it with another racial word at the end, that's just an excuse to be an asshole. Agreed. All this talk about uh, kind of blacklisting all types of comedy is just BS, I think. It's hard for me to say because I'm not a comedian, but I do think that there's people like Dave Chappelle who are getting away with really not PC stuff because he's not doing it in a hateful way. There's a huge distinction between the two. I know I see you in the chat, Roller Coaster Writer. You said, I think that's Beck Bennett. That was a picture of Beck Bennett because on the brighter side of news, it is Beck Bennett's birthday. So shout out to one of our leading <laughs> men. We love yes. you. Happy birthday. That wasn't Shane Gillis. That was our very own Beck Bennett. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Yes, we definitely want to differentiate between Beck Bennett and Shane Gillis. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and then Les Dog left uh, left for season 45, but she has a Netflix special coming out and she wants to focus on movies, so we are here for it. I personally would like to see more of her TV reviews when she live streams it. I just yes. think she's one of the best commentators of TV around. I just want her to co- like be like the narrative to everything yeah. in my life. Yeah. So, kudos. I'm glad. I think that will be a great change of pace for her because she's always been a stand- stronger stand-up comedian than Sketch. We need her voice out there. Yeah. She, I, I, it's no, no surprise if you watched last season. I was, I'm not a big fan of Leslie and Sketch comedy because she just, it's kind of awkward to me. Stand-up though, 100%. Seeing her in movies, 100%. And she has such a unique and powerful voice that I want to hear outside of sketches that I felt weren't really her, her forte. Agreed, sister. Very excited for the Les Dog. Shall we get into the episode? Let's do it. Woo! Let's do it. Let's start with the cold open. Of course we knew this was going to be Trump. Um, again, after the summer that we're having, and my God, the past week that we've been having, what else would it be but jumping into Trump and basically just having a round robin with all of his asshole collusionists? Friends? Sure, the collusioners. The collusioners. The collusion lubers. <laughs> you can catch it this Sunday. Um, so with this opening, I know a lot of times with political stuff, we have the issue that it's just kind of reading headlines almost in a way. I felt like they did a really good job of keeping this moving, though. I agree. The pace was awesome. I think that they had to do this story as the cold open. It made sense. It didn't seem forced because it is the biggest news and historically will be the biggest news uh, seeing what happens or shouldn't happen. I don't know. But I thought it, it it played to people's characters well. We got Rudy in there. We got our new cast member uh, playing... <laughs> 
Kim Jong-un, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. So I thought they had really great moments. It was a little long for my liking, but they did keep it moving. Yeah, that's. I realized afterwards how long it was, and I was like, oh, cool, because usually the political openings that go too long, you feel it by the end of it. And I personally, I didn't feel it as much. Um, but I liked getting to see some of the old regulars that we had of, like, the, the um, Don Jr. and Eric coming back in. Um, and then Janine Pirro. I love Cecily's Janine Pirro. It's so insane. It's so good. And it was just so, cre- like, her little, like, weird d- d- ode to Trump in this was just so creepy and wonderful. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely something going on there. <laughs> Um, but I think they did a good job of kind of, like, bringing everything into it, too, from all different angles, even from, like, trying to bring in Pence as, like, the patsy of it all. Um, and saying they're still waiting for what's-his-face to come back, and he's like, Jesus? Because <laughs> I always wonder that. I'm like, what does Mike Pence actually think of Donald Trump? I think He can't like him. No, I think he <laughs> thinks he's an absolute buffoon. That's where people get things wrong, that Mike Pence doesn't know farewell what he's gotten into and what he's doing. He completely knows he's a mastermind of a lot of the hateful legislation I think we've seen. Yeah. Him and, yeah. Hundred percent. So, but um, he he plays nice guy. So he gets totally. He goes under the radar. He does. I think he's just he's just a robot. Yeah, he's not. He's just just a robot with with flesh over it. Uh, <laughs> and then I like the ending of just having most random cameo of Ray Donovan, uh, Liev Schreiber coming in, and President Trump not understanding his character. He's like, "What about John Wick?" That was hilarious. <laughs> just listing all. And then when he said Liam Neeson, he's like. Liam would probably do it, because he totally would. He would. He would. Let's be real. (laughs) Uh, And then, so, let's talk about the monologue. Uh, I know we're both fans of of Woody Harrelson. It didn't didn't land for me. What about you? Great premise. Great premise, having a white guy talk about PC culture and say a bunch of stuff that isn't PC and does it in a charismatic way. Love it. I think it, I think it's a great premise. Absolutely zero execution. I, I mean, it felt like he was reading it for the first time. Yeah. And I feel so bad saying that because I do love him and he still managed to make it charismatic, but... It it was really sloppy. I kind of wish they had spent more time if they were going to do that. They did like the fashionista stuff at the top was fun, but then they like fully switched gears too into this. And yeah, it almost felt like an afterthought to the fashionista stuff that they did at the top. Um, and I will say it gained steam for me. It it started to get better because it got more like oh like oh wait no I can't say that and they started to build levels to it because those were shorter lines on the cue cards yeah <laughs> that's why you could read them <laughs> outfit on point though those PJs oh, yeah. were awesome oh yeah I want a pair I'll end on a good note and actually one a great note to end on too was the the one line that actually had me laughing out loud was the one immigrant who is a Fox News viewer apologies Madam First Lady. <laughs> That was a kicker. I love that one. We'll keep that. Yeah. We'll keep that one. Um, and then moving right along with political stuff, we have the impeachment town hall, which is hilarious because the fourth Democratic debate is coming up on October 15th. And I honestly do feel like this is going to be an impeachment town hall. It's going to be all of the candidates just like taking all of the questions and just spinning it to talk about why they need to be impeaching mm-hmm. President Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but did you have any, we'll get into like the whole, you know, the, the sketch as a whole. Did you have, do you have any favorite impressions first out of this? All that matters. <laughs> and let me be very clear. All that matters is Maya Rudolph. 
Yes. As Kamala Harris. Yes. <laughs> I you can't get better than that. If for that like for this for what we have to work with the, the SNL cast members and everything going on in our political space right now, that is gold. It was I mean it's one of those things that you're just like, oh, God, Maya's perfect for it. And then you start to hear her really get into it and feel it. Like, her pacing, her movements. It, Kamala's very, like, animated and, like, she almost talks, like, to a rhythm. Like, she has a s- specific cadence. And Maya just crushes Crushed it. it. And then when the wind's blowing, it's like... <laughs> it's it's just so good. It's so good. So sassy. So sassy. I am that girl. <laughs> The callbacks, and actually, did you see Kamala tweeted about it, too? And she, and you see, see, that's what politicians do when they see an impression that pokes fun at them. They laugh at it, because that's what people do. Um, yeah, Kamala was all for Maya uh, and her impression. And then, of course, we get Larry David back to do Bernie Sanders again, um, which, again, that's one of those, like, my, he, he was, like, Bernie and him were just the same person. They are. <laughs> They are. They're connected by the same, some sort of parent. <laughs> some, some, sort, some sort of parent. Yeah. Um, I will say, too, I, I loved his um, excited to be back and ruin it for a second time. <laughs> they, the, I thought uh, Biden was hilarious as well. That was definitely Woody's strongest uh, performance of mm. the night. The line that had me actually hollering out loud was, I'm like a plastic straw. I've been around forever. I've worked forever. And now you're mad at me? <laughs> so good. <laughs> I think they did a good job of, like, not only talking about how, like, Joe Biden's just been kind of, like, confused a lot of times in the debates, but also when he says something that just gets you worried because you're like, oh, God, what is he going to say? And they touched on that, too, where he's like, I'm just going to say this just to have you on the edge of your seat for the rest of it. <laughs> Um, yeah, all around. And let's let's shout out, um, again, the new cast members, Bowen Yang doing um, Andrew Yang. Love. And Chloe Fineman doing Marianne Williamson, which, oh my god, her Marianne Williamson. That was funny, going into that <laughs> witch vortex. That was really good. And man, what a, what a great first uh, first spot for her on the show. She was so comfortable, so confident. Great really impression. Confident. Loved it. Really confident. You felt it in a way that um, Luke didn't catch that sort of confidence yeah. before. Yeah, I think if someone came into this episode completely green to it, they would have no idea yeah. that she was a first time, you know, that was her first appearance on SNL. Agreed. Um, I gotta say, I feel like they did a good job in this of bringing it to the weird extremes, which sometimes they don't always do because they get caught in that, like, political, let's just kind of, like, say the news thing. Yeah. And I think this had that element of sketch that it's supposed to, of taking it to a really weird, bizarre place. Like, the the looks into camera from, from Maya as Kamala doing, like, her own, like, new show on TNT, all these pitches. And, like, the intensity of the weirdness of um, uh, the patience rant that Bernie had of, like, you think I'm not patient? I've once sat on a porch for six hours and not moving. Like, those kinds of things is what keeps it funny because it brings it to that wackadoo land. Agreed. I think that they uh, they did a really good job of that, implementing the sketch, the sketch uh, 
some sketch more like comedic lines as opposed to reading the news exactly and i'd be remiss if i didn't call out to um elizabeth warren kate Kate mckinnon's elizabeth warren it's just so good that i don't even think about it she is elizabeth warren it's that's one that i would love to see i know like hillary came on to do side by side with amy back when she did an impression of her like when they do the side by side i would absolutely love to see elizabeth warren Come on and talk about fighting. We're gonna <laughs> fight. Side. We're gonna fight. Uh, and uh, and the funt. Got to talk about the funt. funt. Kamala Harris, funt, funt. otherwise known as funt, which it wouldn't even be the. It would be fant or font. <laughs> funt just takes away half the word. Well, you're gonna have to talk to Kamala about that. I will. I'll bring it up at the next town hall meeting. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, uh, Kamala's whole bit was hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah, I think it was great. I'd love to see her back. That's why I'm interested to see also, I mean, all across this, out of this panel, three of them are not cast members normally, you know? I mean, we had the host doing one, we had Maya doing one, and we had Larry David, who I was assuming Larry David David would come back to do Sanders, Yeah, but I'd be interested to see if Maya's going to stick around to do more Kamala, and who they're going to have for Biden, because obviously Jason Sudeikis used to do Biden, which was great. Jason Sudeikis is so good at Biden. He, he... I think he would reprise that role. It just it was a good opportunity for Woody. Yeah. But Roller Coaster Rider in the chat, what's up? He asked, why didn't Ego do, do Kamala? And I, I think it's purely, it, A, it's bringing Maya back. It's a great opportunity to bring an OG and a legend back. And I think optics-wise, it just worked better for for uh, Maya as yeah. opposed to Ego. I'd be interested to see, though, yeah, if she does have a Kamala or if she just flat out is like, yeah, it's not, I I, I can't really do a good Kamala. No. <laughs> but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, you know, if, if maybe she does step in. Who knows? Maybe, Maya, this was a one-time, hey, it's a season opener. Sure, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe not. We'll see. Um, and so we have Suns Out Nevada. Um, talk show that <laughs> a show about the... Uh, the biggest Cheeto, and then the Cheeto exploded, and then the sketch was over. Yeah. <laughs> so before we move on to our next topic, I just want to thank you guys in the chat right now, rocking with us or listening to us. You make us the ESPN of TV talk. We can't thank you enough. If you're on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button, leave us a comment below to keep the conversation going. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us those five stars, leave us a review because we also love to talk to you there as well. Thank you guys so much. We love being able to talk about SNL each week. Here at After Buzz, we're also covering all of your favorite shows. Amy and I do another show together as well. I forget what the show is. <laughs> it's really good, guys. <laughs> Steph, I can't expect you to do everything. You always carry us, so I will chip in on this one. It's Please. the Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Also on the Comedy Channel, that just went right by me. It. The Righteous Gemstones um, is an actually hilarious show on HBO. We cover it here on Sunday nights yeah. at 9 p.m., so don't miss that. That is definitely a fun one. You may or may not see some costume changes you from us in that one. You left me hanging for like 30 seconds while I forgot the title. I did. I felt that. I did. It was kind of, I just wanted to, I just like watching you, Steph. Okay. I got lost you, in it all. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I'm Anyways. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's just, let's talk about Billie Eilish real quick. Uh, I know we were talking a little bit before this show. Those effects in that moving box for bad guy was insane. Awesome. I don't know why I said that like Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Slash Bill Nye the science guy. 
They were so cool. And uh, if you guys don't know this, she has a broken foot, which is why her, she had a cast on both both uh, both performances. So it's awesome that they made it work. And it was so, I mean, the effects were so well done. It was crazy. That's pretty badass that she's, like, hobbling around this, like, moving box with a broken foot. And, I mean, I was straight up looking for it to see it moving. And it was such a smooth transition every time. And she was just so comfortable and confident in it. She was just having a great time. Same. I loved it. I absolutely loved her performances. I do struggle every now and then. I go back and forth because SNL continues to bring in great artists, but are they great for SNL? I don't know. I don't know if artists like Billie Eilish really fit SNL because you're going on this comedic pace and then all of a sudden you're dropping into this very sultry, low alternative type of music. So it does drop the mood a bit and it's hard to get back up. But with that being said, she is such an incredible artist. She's like Halsey where I have to check myself and be like, is she actually singing? This is her live voice. That's incredible. And it was. You can tell it was. Yeah. So she's amazing. She's only 17 years old. I love her style. I love her personality. She doesn't care what anyone thinks about her. And she just does her thing. That's what I love. She just goes for it and she's like i don't care yeah she made a post a few days ago and it was like it quoted everyone who was like you would be so pretty hot if you dress better and she was kept her outfit and she's like i look good this way I so love it. and she does she does she's swaggy as hell and i really love that whenever someone performs on snl like it's such a big honor and it's such a cool thing and someone who's even 17 who like I mean, she, you could see that she, she was, was so excited, so excited. <laughs> and I love that, that the younger generation understands that. And she was performing with her brother, which is even greater. Oh, too. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So thanks, Billy. Love your hair. I'm doing green on my tips next. Yeah. All right. Weekend update. <laughs> I do transitions well. Uh, you know how to pivot, baby. I can pivot all day. Um, my gosh, the first three minutes of Weekend Update were pure fire. Fire. <laughs> they, you could tell they had just been, like, ready all summer. Oh, my God. And that's why it kills me that they didn't do that weekly update installment for the summer. I mean, I get it. The SNL schedule is grueling. I know, and they need a break. So they need that break. But also, we're selfish. Yeah. So. I mean, Pete's out here getting 15 different girlfriends. I think we can make some time for a weekend <laughs> update. <laughs> also, wait, where was Pete in this episode? With his girlfriend. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, I'll get to in our news and gossip. Yeah. Um, what you, did you, uh, Oh, so I, literally every joke about impeachment in the first three I minutes know. was amazing. I the know. John Wilkes Booth joke was savage. Savage. <laughs> savage. Um, but I think my favorite, because also, let's talk about this little tweet. It's not only that they called out the apostrophe, not a hyphen. <laughs> he also spells describing wrong. <laughs> and then also, even if the apostrophe was there, it's still not proper. It still doesn't the way make sense that for the mi- apostrophe. The mind of that man. But, man, their joke that, that sealed it, the clincher of, sorry to be a grammar Nazi, I know you hate one of those things. So, like, mic drop. That was so good. They could have ended the episode Yeah, there. they could have. <laughs> I will say, other than the impeachment jokes, my favorite one that made me spit out water was... When he said, keep in mind that the CEO of Jewel is just a can of four loco with... 
with a sex addiction. So good. I wrote that one down too. Because that is so true. Like, I just see the big, like, basically the Kool-Aid man in humanized version just creating Jewel. It's so ridiculous. I love it. The, the imagery. It was amazing. I think for non-political, I just enjoyed the one talking about the the new airport that can support like 72 million flyers. And they said not to be outdone, Newark put a coaster under the corner so it doesn't topple over. <laughs> Fair. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, I think they just, again, they like packed it full with political stuff. And then they were like, oh, here's a couple other jokes, I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll do something else. Um, and then they only had the one um, guest, which I found... A little strange. I thought that they were going to do more jokes because, you know, sometimes they do have a more joke-heavy update and they have less guests, but it just seemed short overall. Um, and it was Keenan coming back to do Big Poppy because over the summer he was shot down in um, the Dominican Republic. Is that where he was? We're going to go with that. Poppy? Yeah. And, uh, and then Keenan does an impression. I, I just... <laughs> I do actually like Keenan Thompson, but... I didn't understand. I I understood why. Like, it's relevant because of what happened to him over the summer. But literally, it's just him doing, like, weird ads for things. And honestly, all it makes me want is the the porn stars who aren't porn stars anymore to come back and do their commercials Mm -hmm. for things that aren't real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think this is one of his better impressions, for sure. I think he actually does an impression when he does this character. I just don't think it's as relevant of a, of a character as they can do. And that's what I mean when I uh, I say that SNL's a little bit out of touch because I think that they're not reaching the younger generation in a way that they could totally capitalize on. There are so many... U- I mean, Heidi does a funny YouTuber one, but they could be actually imitating really, really popular YouTubers with million subscribers and hitting a, uh, just a different demographic and in a really funny way because they are ridiculous. Yeah. As opposed to a baseball player that I know he's a legend, but who watches baseball? <laughs> and also he's a retired like 90% baseball player. of America, player. <laughs> but still, I don't. He's also a retired baseball player that they try to just keep making relevant. And actually, Keenan has that other one, the LeVar Ball. It's the same thing where it's like, I feel like they don't have an excuse to make it relevant, so they try and it feels forced. When yeah, there's so much going on right now. Even if they don't didn't want to do politics, because I know that there is a lot of politics already going on in the episode, but still, there's a lot happening in our country right now. So even if they came on and did a political character here, or yeah, like you said, something like the Instagram couple that Mikey and Heidi do, just anything different. Or even I mean, recently the Emmys were just on, and everyone hated the Emmys this year. So like, there's a lot of pop culture stuff to be making fun of right now as well. Yeah, the in memoriam that missed a bunch of people and then but they did call wait that was a different show i watched sorry <laughs> the in memoriam which would be a funny thing to cover they uh mixed up someone's picture yeah for someone who wasn't dead yeah it was on jimmy kimmel's show they called the actual person who is alive and well yeah see, but there like, was things like that yeah i feel like it was a missed opportunity to only have the one guest first of all and to have one that like didn't really make sense for why you're having it especially in a season opener like Mm -hmm. weekend update you want to see it especially to a a cameo would have been nice i always love a good cameo in a season opener but even if not just something more relevant me too um so then we jumped into this locker room sketch where his dick makes a funny noise the donald duck dick (laughs) is what i call this (laughs) um loved heidi's trinity um, she's a real mess. I kind of want to know more about her. But I, I, it seemed like, again, just a throwaway sketch of, like, I don't know. 
let's have this football coach try to make an epic speech, but then his wife comes in and is like, hey, your your dick does a funny thing. Yeah, Roller Coaster Writer in, uh, tweeted me and said that he thought this would be the anatomy of a sketch. I'm curious what you liked or didn't like about it. So write that in our live chat right now because I it felt really, really flat for me. The funny part, I think, was the follow-up questions by the team. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what you say right now, Roller Coaster Rider, because I do see how, because structurally, there are very specific beats to it. Like, literally, Heidi comes and goes three times, so it's very clear structurally what they're doing, and it is very much a premise sketch, too, on top of everything, of saying, like, here's this normal coach, let's throw the curveball in and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the performances, the performance from Heidi and the questions from the football team, I think, were the two things that still still made me enjoy it, mm-hmm. even though I didn't like the sketch as a whole. Yeah. Um, and then, speaking of Anatomy of a Sketch, we're going to save the next one for last, because I will be doing the Inside the Beltway sketch for um, the Anatomy Breakdown. Hilarious! It was hilarious. 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 Downton Digital Short. <laughs> Um, God, I always love their digital shorts. They're in, the thing is that even if they don't make you laugh the most, it's not the funniest thing in the episode. They're so well produced, so well done. Um, and I feel like this one this one kind of nailed what they wanted to do. What, what were your thoughts on it? I don't watch Downton Abbey, but this kind of summed up exactly what I thought the show would be. And I, I think that they hit on really hilarious points that there it's a low... Um, like, there's not a lot of... They, I don't know what the word is. My mind is just everywhere tonight. Where there's not a big deal. They make everything a big deal. That's not a big deal. Yeah. I thought the one really funny line was when they were like, feels like I'm watching a sunset on white people as a whole. That <laughs> one cracked me up. That's what I think about when I think of the show. So I, I agree. Really well produced, well written. <laughs> it was um, great performances. I enjoyed this one. Um, I particularly also loved uh, the quote on the screen. I loved this movie. All moms. Because <laughs> I literally just talked to my mom the other day, and she's like, I'm going to see Downton with my girlfriends. Is this like a Brianna in the booth here, too? And my mom also just told me today that she's like, I really need to go see Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> all moms. We need to get all three of our moms together oh my to go gosh. see this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I think it was all great. The sequence of words at the end where they're just like, potato, blimey. <laughs> just all put together so quickly and it was a good length it was nice and short got its point across did its job i really enjoyed it um you know what i'm gonna let you take this next one away because it's your boy it's your boy kyle mooney rapping about dad dad (laughs) hello dad i love this sketch i don't care what anyone says and i i saw in a few articles it was one of the lowest ranked sketch I don't care. You haters can go to hell. It was so funny and fun. It kind of reminded me of the, um, Ped, um, I forget who, it was Tina Fey when she was the mom and it was a sketch a few years ago where she's like, my mom's the coolest. She played the mom in it. So it's kind of, it felt like an ode to that sketch, which is one of my favorite sketches. That's actually how I feel about my mom. I'm like overly obsessed with her. So (laughs) this one was a really funny take on that 
I don't know when it was the eighties when they used those types of phones and that I feel kind like of kind of, yeah like eighties yeah, early nineties yeah, yeah Fresh Prince of Bel Air meets white corporate family <laughs> it was hilarious I thought that Kyle was really funny and I just want to see him doing more of this I think he shines in the digital sketches the digital shorts totally and him and Chris were great together like Chris's commitment to his character too paired alongside Kyle and like that weird brand that like him and Beck kind of brought to the show and a lot of their digital shorts that they did together and Kyle's in this is just it, it's perfect and I gotta say I've been watching a lot of old school Beverly Hills 90210 recently no so way this really hit home for me really really coaster writer said I guess I can go to hell then oh Nassim Pedrat thank you that was totally her character with Tina Fey as the mom oh um sh- what was her name I forget I know yeah they go she has a sleepover and- yeah so I, the haters don't need to go to hell. I would just prefer that if you started liking Kyle Mooney. That's it. That that, that was a nice nice way to circle. I back retract. There. She really doesn't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, last sketch of the night. Let's talk about that. The Apple Farm. I just like watching Kate and Adie do things together. Me too. Me too. (laughs) The joke didn't hit that hard for me because I don't go apple picking. I know that there is some sort of joke about how expensive apple picking is and the prestige of it all. But them two together can do whatever they want, and it's it's enjoyable to me. It wasn't great, but it's enjoyable. It's and I feel like those are good end of night sketches too because it's just like their chemistry and their weirdness. Like you're never really sure why they're doing the sketch or like what the point of it is. But it just gets to the point of mayhem where you're like, I'm in it. I'm good with it. And it all comes down to their chemistry at the end. Yeah. Um, All right, cool. So covered all the sketches. Let's get into our special segment, which is the anatomy of a sketch. Um, So for anyone who has not seen this before, basically just break down a sketch, kind of talk about the structure of it um, and what we liked or didn't like about it. This time I'm going to do the inside the beltway sketch. Um, Of course, this is the one where 80s stylist came out. Towards the end, when she wasn't, when she was still on screen, and eighty just lost it. Um, props to eighty for getting through the end of that line, for being able to get through it because she was just—you could see the tears in her eyes, and she was just starting to lose it. Um, but overall, I thought this sketch was interesting because I really liked the premise. I like this idea of the because it's happening. All of us are saying, "Oh, this is it. This is the moment. He's getting impeached. There's no way." He's going to get past this. And there's always one person or just something deep inside you going, nope, never going to happen. So Keenan's character coming in and being that kind of inner voice or that person who's always just saying, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He can do anything. And this, it's the thing is, though, is that this has been done a lot before. And I feel like it's been done in better ways. I didn't like the vehicle of it being in a news show because I feel like this had a lot of political stuff already going. So to have it be in that setup where it's very professional and in a news setting, I really wish it was friends sitting at a bar talking or in a, at a dinner party. And there's that one person where they can kind of escalate why they're saying, or those examples, because they have so many great examples to pull from for the past few years of, like, least crazy to just, like, bananas crazy. So I feel like if they had put this in a different setting and kind of made it more clear to that path of escalation rather than the back and forth, because also proved to be too much with costume changes because they're doing all this time jumping for no reason. Just have it be a bunch of friends sitting around talking and doing the escalation and that person always saying it's not going to happen. We were both saying before the show, it kind of reminded us each of that election night sketch where because it was just it just felt so real to us of like what's happening. I just didn't love the execution of it. But 80, oh my gosh, you are our queen. 
You are our queen. Her 80 breaking is such a moment in history for me because it made the sketch funnier. Yeah. That doesn't always happen, but it did happen. And like you said, I think the sketch had a great premise. It could have been done in a better place. Also, the... The clothing changes didn't even make sense. Like, pre-record it if you're going to do that. Or, like you said, do it in a bar. The election night sketch Amy's talking about, if you guys didn't know, was the Dave Chappelle sketch from the night, uh, the first week that they came back after the election. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. And Keenan, to me... There is always that friend that is saying he's going to get reelected. It usually tends to be like in the Dave Chappelle sketch, Black America, and uh, people of color who kind of are like, we've seen this for since the beginning of time. <laughs> Trust us, he's going to get reelected. There's way more racist people than you think. <laughs> us white people are like, no, there can't be racism. No. It's 2019. What are you talking about? We've really moved forward. We've beaten all the racists. It's fine. <laughs> but... <laughs> You were saying about her I, Amy 80s IG story, though, right? Or she did a little tribute. Yeah, so um, wanted to shout out 80 for shouting out her dresser. Who? So the woman on screen who came in um, was actually has been her dresser on SNL for the past seven seasons. And so she did like a cute little post after just saying how much she loves her and how the crew really makes everything happen there and posted a bunch of pictures of, of her behind the scenes with her because it really is true. When you think about everything that goes into a live show with this many costume changes, this many set changes, and especially in a sketch like this, where they're just forcing this poor woman to run out on stage 15 times for no reason to change their costumes. I mean, um, it is so funny. Huge props, and I love that 80, Amy shout, or 80 shouted her out on that, too. So funny. Um, so, that is our wrap-up of the episode. Also shouting out Woody Harrelson for rocking the Greta rocking the Greta t-shirt at the end uh, and name-dropping her as amazing, well. Amazing. Amazing. I want that shirt. Really love that. But let's jump into our top three. Yes. We chose to do political impressions. I know it's impossible. It's We're impossible. Talking all here, so, so we like to do a thing at After Buzz where we rank a top three in some some fashion and like amy was saying we're doing our top three on the best political characters so this was impossible did we miss people probably but we gave it a go <laughs> number three is a tie between two insane performances of h-dog hillary clinton played by both amy poehler and kate mckinnon we could not choose because we have the og versus the new g and they're both incredible and we can't pick so don't make us <laughs> Number two, we had George W. Bush played by the one and only Will Ferrell, one of the most iconic characters ever. Uh, I hope he comes back. I want him to come back every season. Why not? And number one, this has to be number one. She's won awards for this, is Sarah Palin played by the one and only Tina Fey. <laughs> you can't get better than this. You really can't. That one I'm sure of. The rest... It's so hard to pick. But number There's, one, yeah. that's it. There's so many. And that's the thing. This list could go on and on and on. But yeah, I mean, Tina doing Sarah Palin was just perfection. It's perfection. Oh, man. So yeah, actually, really interested to hear from you guys, too. So definitely post in the comments. Let us know if you had to pick a top three. Ha! Huh, dare you guys. It's tough. Ha! Wait till you do it. 
<laughs> Definitely hit us up. Let us know what you think. Um, really quick, let's jump into some news and gossip, though, Steph. All right. I'll hit this quickly. Um, I want to give some updates. Some of them aren't the newest, but we have been separated from our cast for a while now, so I wanted to highlight the main things going on. Kate McKinnon, back a few months ago, was cast as Elizabeth Holmes in the Hulu Limited series, The Dropout, so that's pretty awesome. I can't wait to see her playing that sort of role. And bigger news for Kate McKinnon is that in August, she met the one and only Ruth Bader Ginsburg in real life at a play that they were seeing. I mean... Praise be! There's a picture that you guys will see and it was such a special moment. I wish I was there. They were seeing Fiddler on the Roof. I know that our producer, Brianna, will probably know what that play is. I don't know what it is. Um... And on to other news, Pete Davidson, as I teased before, and his many relationships, he's on to the next! (laughs) He broke, uh, there was a mutual breakup between him and Kate Beckinsdale, and now he is with Emmy-nominated actress Margaret Qualey. Um, You might have seen her in Quentin Tarantino's latest film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She was amazing in there. They were just uh, out of the country together, but the relationship has been co-signed by Qualey's mom, so I guess we're rolling with it if the mom approves and yeah that was basically it you guys those are the main points but there's a lot of fun exciting things going on with the cast and we'll make sure to touch on those each week in news and gossip definitely with such a big cast there's always going to be some fun stuff happening so we'll hit on that every week um next week so excited for this episode phoebe waller bridge she just cleaned up at the emmys for fleabag I'm obsessed with Fleabag. I'm so excited to see her host this show. And musical guest Taylor Swift. I'm excited to see which song she does and how many people she brings in. I feel like she's got to do... So um, bring in whoever she needs, whatever community she needs to pander to. <laughs> and that's and that just will be the all tea. Of them. But you've given me a si- an assignment to watch Fleabag, yes. which I've heard from many people that it's amazing. And I'm really, I'm going to do my homework and watch it before her perform she hosts SNL next week. I can't wait to see her. Yes, homework assignment to everyone. Remember, I'm tough but fair. <laughs> Steph, where can we find you on social in the meantime? Sorry for all of my <laughs> my mistakes tonight, but you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sebra. I'll continue drinking my coffee and wake back up. And don't believe her. I've been throwing her off all night. When you don't see me off camera, I'm just throwing shit at her the whole time. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Maestry. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye! Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.